the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. What shall we do about Jesus? If we let him alone, everyone will believe in him, and the Romans will come and take away our place. We'll lose our status. We'll lose our place in Jewish society. We'll lose our jobs. We got to do something about Jesus, and the Romans will take the nation away from us. The religious leaders had created a system where they were at the top of the system. Oh no, someone's threatening us and our image, so we have to act fast before it's ruined. What a downright fleshy thing to think, right? I wonder how many of us would be courageous enough to admit that at one time or another. We thought exactly like these religious leaders. Do you know who was upsetting the apple cart? Yep, Jesus. It mattered so much to them to protect their societal ranking that they ignored their own rules and laws concerning arrests and trials. Pastor Dan expands on this in his message today. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of Matthew, chapter 26, for today's edition of Ring of Truth. going verse by verse through the New Testament. We're going to be in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 26. If you want to turn there in your Bible, Matthew chapter 26, uh, that way you can follow along with us. Matthew 26. We're also going to look in the Gospel of John in a couple places. Uh, We'll begin in John chapter 11. If you want to go ahead and find the Gospel of John, John chapter 11. Matthew 26, John chapter 11. Matthew 26, beginning... In verse 47, and while Jesus was still speaking, behold, Judas, one of the twelve, with a great multitude with swords and clubs, came from the chief priests and the elders of the people. Now his betrayer had given them a sign, saying, Whomever I kiss, he is the one, seize him. Immediately he went up to Jesus and said, Greetings, Rabbi, and kissed him. But Jesus said to him, Friend, why have you come? And then they came and laid hands on Jesus and took him. And suddenly, one of those who were with Jesus stretched out his hand and drew his sword, struck the servant of the high priest, and cut off his ear. And Jesus said to him, Put your sword in its place, for all who take the sword will perish by the sword. Or do you think that I cannot now pray to my father, and he will provide me with more than twelve legions of angels? How then could the scriptures be fulfilled that it must happen thus? In that hour, Jesus said to the multitudes, Have you come out as against a robber with swords and clubs to take me? I sat daily with you teaching in the temple and you did not seize me. 
But all this was done that the scriptures of the prophets might be fulfilled. Then all the disciples forsook him and fled. And those who laid hold of Jesus led him away to Caiaphas, the high priest, where the scribes and the elders were assembled. But Peter followed him at a distance to the high priest's courtyard. And he went in and sat with the servants to see the end. Now the chief priests, the elders, and all the council sought false testimony against Jesus to put him to death, but found none. Even though many false witnesses came forward, they found none. But at last, two false witnesses came forward and said, This fellow said, I'm able to destroy the temple of God and to build it in three days. And the high priest arose and said to him, Do you answer nothing? What is it these men testify against you? But Jesus kept silent. And the high priest answered and said to him, I put you under oath by the living God. Tell us if you are the Christ, the Son of God. And Jesus said to him, It is as you said. Nevertheless, I say to you, hereafter you will see the Son of Man sitting at the right hand of the power, coming on the clouds of heaven. And then the high priest tore his clothes, saying, He has spoken blasphemy. What further need do we have of witnesses? Look, now you have heard his blasphemy. What do you think? And they answered and said, He is deserving of death. And then they spat in his face and beat him. And others struck him with the palms of their hands, saying, Prophesy to us, Christ, who is the one who struck you? And Lord, we thank you for your word today. And Lord, we ask that your Holy Spirit would be our teacher, and that you would open our eyes and our ears and our hearts to your word today. I pray and ask, Lord, that your spirit would be upon me to teach your word. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So we, we come today to the betrayal, arrest, and trials of Jesus Christ. Jesus will endure a total of six trials before his crucifixion, three religious trials, followed by three civil trials. We'll, we'll consider his religious trials. In the Gospels, 29 chapters speak on the events of this final week, this Passion Week, from the triumphal entry to his resurrection. Of the 29 chapters that focus on this last week, 13 of those chapters are devoted to the events of this one day. This one day, which began with a Passover meal and goes through to his burial. The emphasis of the Gospels is on this day. This day in which Jesus was arrested, condemned, and crucified. It's nighttime. All of these events take place under the cover of darkness. Jesus is arrested sometime in the middle of the night. Some scholars put it at about 2 o'clock in the morning. He's brought before Pontius Pilate early the next morning and crucified by 9 a.m. So all these events transpire in one night over a period of a few short Hours. The religious leaders rejected Jesus as their Messiah, the Messiah of Israel, and they want to kill him. They want him dead. Turn with me over to John chapter 11. I want to look at a passage together regarding the religious leaders. Here in John chapter 11, this is right after Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead. And raising Lazarus from the dead was his greatest miracle. That Jesus performed. 
And so this was like a big deal. And as a result of raising Lazarus from the dead, many people put their trust in Jesus Christ after that miracle. So look what happens now. Verse 45, John chapter 11, verse 45. Then many of the Jews who had come to Mary and had seen the things Jesus did believed in him. That's referring to the raising of Lazarus. But some of them went away to the Pharisees, the religious leaders, and told them the things Jesus did. Then the chief priests and the Pharisees gathered a council and said, what shall we do? For this man works many signs. If we let him alone like this, everyone will believe in him. And the Romans will come and take away both our place and our nation. And so the religious leaders gather a council together of all the religious leaders of Judaism. there in Jerusalem. And they say, what shall we do about Jesus? If we let him alone, everyone will believe in him. And the Romans will come and take away our place. We'll lose our status. We'll lose our place in Jewish society. We'll lose our jobs. We got to do something about Jesus and the Romans will take the nation away from us. The religious leaders had created a system where they were at the top of the system and they were benefiting from it. And they, it afforded them a very, very nice lifestyle. And that's threatened by Jesus. All the people are believing in Jesus now. The Romans will come and they'll take away our place in society at the top of the heap and the nation. Verse 49, and one of them, Caiaphas, being high priest that year, said to them, you know nothing at all, nor do you consider that it is expedient for us, the leaders, that one man should die for the people and not that the whole nation should perish. Caiaphas says it would be expedient for us, the leaders, that Jesus die for the people instead of us losing the whole nation because of him. Now look at verse 51. Now this he did not say on his own authority, but being high priest that year, he prophesied that Jesus would die for the nation, and not for that nation only, but also that he would gather together and won the children of God who were scattered abroad, including us. Then from that day on, they plotted, to put him to death. Caiaphas was the high priest, and without knowing it, he was actually speaking prophetically when he made this statement about Jesus dying for the nation, or Jesus dying for the people instead of the nation perishing and the religious leaders losing their place at the top of the nation. He was actually speaking prophetically about Jesus dying for the world, and he didn't even know it. And so from this point now, the religious leaders were plotting to kill Jesus, but they were concerned about causing an uproar among the people because Jesus was so popular among the people. And so they rushed to condemn Jesus and have him put to death in a single night on the night of Passover. When everybody's at home with their families and with their friends, they've had a big Passover meal. Everybody's In their homes, you know, it would be kind of like doing it on Christmas night, maybe. Nobody's nobody's really out and about. 
So they're going to do this at night while everyone is home, asleep and unaware. And by early morning, Jesus will already be in the custody of the Romans and on his way to the cross before most people wake up and realize what has happened. So that's the plan. Now go with me back to Matthew chapter 26. Here in Matthew 26, in, in, we have the, the betrayal and the arrest of Jesus. And in the process of arresting Jesus and trying him to condemn him by mourning, to get this done, to get him crucified, the religious leaders broke at least 22 of their own rules and regulations concerning arrests and trials. Just as, as we have legal procedures for arrests and criminal trials that we have to follow, so did the Jews. And the religious leaders ignored the law, ignored the legal requirements to condemn Jesus. Pastor Dan will share the second half of today's message in just a moment. But first, he'd like to take a moment to tell you how you can receive prayer for your needs. Do you need prayer today? Every week we receive prayer requests from our listeners. If you need prayer for anything at all, we would like to pray for you right now. You can share your prayer request with us through our website, calvaryec.com. Again, that's calvaryec.com or through our church app or by calling us at 410-491-4592. And can I ask you to pray for us as well? Pray for the Ring of Truth radio ministry as we bring the Word of God to those who need it. Thanks, Pastor Dan, and thank you for praying. Now, let's finish today's message. Now, I'm not going to go through all 22 rules they broke, but I will give you a few examples that you will you will see as we work our way through this passage and the Next couple passages. For example, no arrest could be made by religious authorities if there was a bribe involved. So you couldn't arrest somebody if there was a bribe involved. And the religious leaders bribed Judas. They gave him 30 pieces of silver. And so this case is illegal. The religious leaders were not allowed to participate in the arrest of someone. Because if they participate in the arrest, that shows they're not neutral. They've already made up their mind about the person. Many of the religious leaders were in the multitude that came with Judas to arrest Jesus. The rules said no arrest could be made at night. Arrests had to be during the daytime. So no arrests could be made at night. Arrests had to be during the day. No trial could be held at night. Trials had to be held during the daytime. Trials had to be public. They could not be held in secret. Trials by the Sanhedrin could only be held in a place called the Hall of Judgment, which was in the temple complex. It was kind of like their courthouse. Trials had to take place in the Hall of Judgment in the temple complex. They couldn't be held in a private residence of the high priest. Trials could be, couldn't be held on the eve of the Sabbath or a feast day. This is taking place during the night of the Passover. In the case of capital punishment, the trial and verdict could not occur at the same time. The rules, the law said there had to be at least 24 hours between the trial and the giving of the verdict. The sentence for someone found guilty, 
the sentence could only be pronounced three days after the guilty verdict. That's the law. With Jesus, they have the trial, they give the verdict, and they condemn him to death all at once in one night. The rules said judges had to treat the guilty humanely. They couldn't physically beat or abuse the condemned before his execution. And as we see in our passage, the religious leaders spit on Jesus and beat him before taking him to Pontius Pilate. And that's just some of the rules and laws the religious leaders ignored in the arrest and trial of Jesus. This whole trial is completely illegal according to their own laws and regulations. Obviously, they just want Jesus dead. They just want Jesus dead. They don't care about the rules or whether it's legal or not. They want Jesus dead. And these are the spiritual leaders of the nation. These are the shepherds of the nation. These men sit in Moses' seat and they're corrupt. Can you imagine having leaders of your nation that are just corrupt and have disregard for the law? There's nothing new under the sun. Man hasn't changed in 2,000 years. I've said this before, but Jesus wasn't just rejected by the religious leaders. He was despised and rejected. Isaiah 53. They despised him. They hated him. It's not just that, hey, we don't think you're our Messiah, or we don't want to believe that you're our Messiah. They despised him. They hated him. They want to destroy him because he threatens their lifestyle. He's upsetting the system that they're benefiting from. And so Jesus is arrested in Gethsemane on the Mount of Olives. We talked about Gethsemane. If you look back in verse 45, Jesus says in the middle of the the verse, Behold, the hour is at hand, and the Son of Man is being betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us be going. See, my betrayer is at hand. And while he was still speaking, behold, Judas, one of the twelve, once again, we're reminded, he was one of the twelve, with a great multitude with swords and clubs came from the chief priests and elders of the people. Jesus was betrayed by Judas, one of the twelve. Psalm 41, verse 9, speaking of Judas's betrayal, says, Even my own familiar friend in whom I trusted, who ate my bread, has lifted up his heel against me. Matthew tells us that Judas came with a great multitude with swords and clubs. The other gospels tell us they also had lanterns or torches. And there are three groups with Judas that make up this great multitude. Three different groups in this great multitude. John's gospel tells us Judas came with a detachment of Roman troops. A detachment of Roman troops. And the word John uses there that's translated detachment refers to 600 troops. So he's got 600 Roman troops with him. So this great multitude with Judas includes 600 Roman soldiers with swords and clubs, plus an unspecified number of soldiers from the temple, the temple guard. And the third group, some of the religious leaders are in the group that came to arrest Jesus. So this great multitude may have numbered close to a thousand people coming to arrest one person with swords and clubs and torches. I think the number of people they sent to arrest Jesus says a lot about how much they feared Jesus and his power. 
In fact, turn with me over to John chapter 18. John chapter 18. Look at verse 3. John 18, 3. It says, then Judas, having received a detachment of troops, that's that word that means 600 troops. So he's got 600 Roman troops and officers from the chief priests and Pharisees. That would be the temple guard came there with lanterns and torches and weapons. Verse four, Jesus, therefore, knowing all things that would come upon him, he steps forward and said to them, whom are you seeking? And they answered him, Jesus of Nazareth. And Jesus said to them, I am he. Now notice the word he is in italics in your Bible. That means it's not in the original text. The translators who translated it into English added the word he. So Jesus answered, I am. Who are you seeking? Jesus of Nazareth. And he says, I am. And Judas, who betrayed him, also stood with him. Now look at verse 6. Now when he said to them, I am, they drew back and fell to the ground. The great multitude that came to arrest Jesus with swords and clubs and torches, maybe a thousand people, is knocked to the ground by Jesus simply saying, I am. With one statement, they're flattened. Jesus clearly shows his deity. He shows his power. He shows that he's the one who's really in control of this situation. He's not some helpless victim put to death by corrupt leaders. He can easily overpower this multitude. He can easily escape this arrest and escape the cross if he wants to. He can get out of this. He's got the power to get out of this. And it's like he's letting us know he's got the power to get out of this with just this one statement, I am. And they, boom, they all fall over. But he didn't use his deity. He didn't use his power to escape the cross. In John chapter 10, Jesus said, no one takes my life from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have the power to lay it down and I have the power to take it again. Jesus voluntarily gave his life for us. He willingly laid down his life for you and for me. He gave his life as a ransom for us, the Bible says. And he did this because he loves us and he wants a relationship with us. First John chapter three, verse 16 says, this is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. And so because of his great love for us, he he submitted to this arrest even though he has the power to escape, he just submits himself to this arrest because he's dying for us, right? He's dying in our place. This is why he came, to offer himself as a substitute for us. Now turn back to Matthew chapter 26. Verse 48 says, Now his betrayer, Judas, had given them a sign saying, Whomever I kiss, he is the one sees him. So Judas identified Jesus to the soldiers with a kiss. And the Greek indicates Judas kissed Jesus like many times, like over and over to make it obvious to the soldiers who Jesus is. So Jesus had to be identified, which indicates to us there is nothing about Jesus that made him stand out from a crowd. You know, there was no halo around his head. His robe didn't glow. He didn't float above the ground when he walked. He wasn't like head and shoulders above everybody else and exceedingly handsome. He wasn't super jacked. You wouldn't look at Jesus and think, 
that guy's got to be the savior of the world. You wouldn't look at Jesus and say, he's got to be the Messiah. I mean, have you ever seen eyes that blue? He's got to be the Messiah. He asked me how I know, and I say, bring truer than the finest crystal. You've been listening to Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Pastor Dan has been teaching through the book of Matthew, and he has more to share with you next time. How is what you're hearing from this book landing in your heart? If there's anything that's prompting you to seek out more questions or to ask for prayer in any way, would you be willing to give us a call and talk to us? Our desire is to hear your heart, pray with you, and ask for God to help you with whatever you might be wondering or thinking about. Our number is 410-491-4592. The number again is 410-491-4592. You can also send us an email through our website, calvaryec.com. Just find our info under the About tab. If you're not connected with a local church, we encourage you to find a church family that will help guide and support you in your faith. And if you're in the area, please join us at Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City in Columbia, Maryland. For more details, visit calvaryec.com. In our next edition, you'll have the opportunity to learn additional things from this first book of the New Testament. Pastor Dan has more to teach on from Matthew, and we're excited for you to join us as we continue growing. There's so much to appreciate by reading God's Word. We hope you'll tune in next time and be a part of our listening audience, right here on Ring of Truth. J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.